0: Hello everybody and welcome back. I'm very excited today to be joined by Sergio Motola from Public Pressure. Sergio, how are you doing today?
1: Very good, Anthony. Very good. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: We are going to dive into the very important question of what has blockchain and Web3 done for music? I know Public Pressure is one of the most innovative, most forward-thinking music platforms out there. We're not trying to take on Apple at their own game. We're not trying to change Spotify in the way they work. We're trying to do things differently. And I'm really interested to hear your take on why Public Pressure was started, how you guys are approaching some of the collaborations, some of the projects, some of the investments that you guys are making. And so we're going to jump into all of that. For those who don't know you, could you give us your brief background and how you got started into the wonderful world of Web3?
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try to be brief. I'll start from the beginning. Born in Milan. I grew up in London. I moved to London. I was around 19, 20, 21. I don't remember I spent there. Over twenty years, actually starting my first job in the city, got in love with innovation back in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, or something like that. When I was traveling in the U.S., so turned entrepreneur. I think I, I don't know, vested many hats uh, from uh, acceleration mentoring, founder, advisor, investor, and I got close to blockchain, Web free, crypto. I mean whatever we're going to call it, I think I have a view. I put a comment once in one of, your, uh, one of your posts on LinkedIn. Back in 2015, I think, so I've seen quite a bit. I had a really interesting experience between 2017 and 2020 because I wore an institution I had. So I was actually running a regulatory company, if you want to put it that way started back in 2016 in the republic of san marino i don't know if you know there is a small country sitting in 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 the middle of italy
0: i have been it is is very small but very beautiful i've i've been lucky to travel to about 120 countries in the world and san marino was one of them not too far away from the beautiful coast of brindisi as well which is a lovely place to go and get an ice cream and then go somewhere prettier afterwards (laughs) have you been there because of blockchain have you been there before Uh, Before, before. I I know how much blockchain is being done in Brindisi. Hopefully some, but maybe not much.
1: (laughs) But uh, actually, uh, that's how I got very very knowledgeable about the topic, because the beginning was really getting close to Bitcoin, the investment couriers. You are in innovation, it's about the tech, what's going on in that ecosystem. So really learning that I had the opportunity, because I met uh, one of the ministers on a new government formed. and for friendship reason, professional you know, acquaintances, I, I got at the desk and I started, I don't know, dreaming designing how it could be a small country positioning in how we are evolving with the tech. I know for, for, for some time, I'm a, I'm a proud uh, executive PhD dropout, uh, but what I was researching, it was ecosystem strategy, ecosystem dynamics. I think I developed at some point a theory on functions uh, integrations so, so it was a lot on the topic and some of blockchain is the technology that enables most of the transactional relationship in an ecosystem so everyone talks about ecosystem today today in blockchain before it was a little less popular so that's where we started really looking into the role of uh, a country a public administration in such a transformational time uh, that we're living and and my argument was uh, I think that today an accelerator is not good enough, an innovation center is not good enough, if we need to think our autonomous car, our payment transaction in crypto, or robotics, all all this stuff is going to get thrown into society, we need a bigger environment to test. And that was somehow the background idea. No? We can sit down and actually we can have the public administration, so the state, the democracy in, in, in this case. Uh, and that was actually the topic of, of the tech talk, which I think is da- I've done in 2018, really on on, on this angle. I, I believe that in the next 10 years, uh, public administration and democracy, democracy should have uh, a pretty important role uh, in helping us, uh, if you want, grow this innovative platform. And that's where, obviously, we look at the technology and what was the technology it was blockchain. That's the first one that we tackled. The second one might be in whatever it's around, uh, biomedicine, research, uh, DNA. And then the third one was robotics, uh, uh, autonomous driving, uh, and all and all that kind of stuff. And back at the time, actually, I, I proposed that at the end of the day, the parliament approved, uh, I think, the third legislation in the world on, on digital assets. So it was the third country that Approved issuing tokens, so you can assume uh, how difficult it has been that time. Because as soon as you raise your hands as a counter and you say, "Oh, I mean, we, we love crypto, right?" International Monetary Fund, Monval, European Commission, like everyone comes and knock on the door. I want to understand actually what's going on. So, so this one is just a, a sort of an easy way to say that I spent a lot of times in meeting with very clever people from institution and regulator to figure out what could have been the the, the best way to do it. And on the other side, uh, obviously, the industry at the time got very excited because I think Malt as well, I think, was working. Mm -hmm. And then it pushed out the legislation, leaked this time, came afterward. Switzerland was already quite quite an established uh, regulatory environment for blockchain. So I met a lot of people from the industry. Then to twenty, I left, and I said, "I need to go back in private because I need to build." I have this sort of building DNA that I was missing a little bit. But that's how I got very close to 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 Web
0: Very good. And g- going in the hard way, honestly, to go through you know reg- regulatory approvals or to be able to create regulatory frameworks for digital assets or crypto and so on. I-, I did a show back in the day on Malta and the the pain and the effort and the number of years that it took them to get to a position of feeling like they could lead and then also the struggles and the complexity afterwards um i mean san marino is is not known as one of the top five destinations in the world for blockchain and crypto but there are some very important projects there um a friend of mine antonio senatore his VChain team is based there uh so it was located there so there's some big there's some big big names still um, but it's
1: funny. It's funny. That it is. I think on my on my LinkedIn you see that one of the agreements that we signed before I left, it was actually with VC And I I met a few times. I actually went to Shanghai to 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 meet Sunny and you know people from the who that were really supporting. So. I know yeah, the we project are. well. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a
0: small world and we wish them all the best, of course, Antonio, a good, good friend of mine. We, we, we worked and built a lot together back in Deloitte back in the day, but it's not about us today. It's not about San Marino. It's now about public pressure and music. So tell us, how did you pivot from regulatory guidance and advisory into the world of music and media?
1: That's a good question. I was drawn into it. I I think public pressure is one of those can we say covid born company where people are in lockdown and uh, I mean I was lucky enough that I was uh, spending my lockdown in the mountains so we were were still free to 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 get out you know at least the uh, the parks uh, the the all the public places were 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 not really restricted so I just left uh, because it was exactly to 20. I think I, I I stopped in San Marino in February. And after two weeks, I was in lockdown. So I said, I'm going to take my daughter up in the mountain. And we're going to spend a couple of weeks. And he ended up spending six months. So I mean, one of those crazy <laughs> events in life. And, uh, and then I was like walking around with friends. And I had a couple of friends, uh, I mean, very close friends, uh, which are today, Giulia Maresca and Francesca Versace, which found the public pressure with me. And they were coming from the fashion industry, and and the argument was, a certain way, we're getting bored. Like if the creativity is not any more priced, like in the past, opportunity less, everything is getting traditional, stable, not exciting. And that's where I started. Look at NFTs. Right? It was it was. I think 220 was just the beginning of NFTs. Maybe it was 21, but it was really the 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 initial example of NFTs coming to market. And so they got excited. They looked into NFT. They've done the research. And then one day after a couple of weeks, I mean, I was pretty much listening all the mental processes because they were asking me a lot of questions about blockchain and crypto. They said, I think there is a space in the music industry. I say, what do you think? So uh, because, I mean, most of the shops, so I mean, the Raribo, Nifty Gateway Foundation, it was all about. You know, I don't want to say jpegs so because you, you have a lot of art uh, and visual artists but it, it was all about the visual the little that, that we saw about the music apart from the kings of leon which i think they've done one of one of the biggest nft drops so because they raised a lot of money The vinyl it was a way to release the album it was like 30 second loops so with a bit of art uh, but that one is not music so we said actually the music industry historically has always been opening its own shops because you need you need a different way to display the material to experience uh, the product which is uh, which is created. Even the apps they're always dedicated. So it's maybe that's is going to be the process like in traditional retail. So you start with very generalistic st- shops. Uh, let's say Amazon. It's a very generalistic place where you can buy a lot of stuff. But if you want to collect, if you want to look for really I don't know high end uh, exclusive. Uh, specific verticalized uh, product or you're gonna move in an environment which is dedicated so that that was the the initial the initial evolution and creation of public pressure and then actually this is like one piece of the story and then and then uh, i'll pass back to you that public pressure was effectively born many years before because the fourth founder and that's why I, I i had the idea when they told me well let's work on music and and i said let's call alfredo Fredo was another friend based in London. He's a musician. He's one of the best graphic designer, brand designer, brand guru. I think he he, he defined himself. And he actually founded Public Pressure in 2015 uh, as a magazine. Let's put it away. I tend to, to, to see back in the days as a sort of uh, decentralized label, But he has been supporting emerging trends, uh, subculture. So the idea was, since the streaming came into the picture, the music industry lost the product format. So suddenly it was a different game because before you were selling CDs or selling MP3 player, but it was a product-based strategy positioning from the artists, and suddenly we're on a completely different format. So we built basically today's value proposition on top of it. We inherited seven years of artist relationship, labor's relationship, blogs uh, and really deep into you know, the DNA of the music industry and we decided to start from there and build the, the NFT marketplace and all the tech that today we are we're pulling together because I don't think we are a marketplace we're more of a let's say a protocol dedicated to music that's where we're going.
0: I'd, I'd love to unpick that for a second because I've, I, we'll, we'll get into the why haven't we seen music disrupted by Web3 as much as we might have expected I mean, I remember back in 2016, 2017, everybody coming out of the early Ethereum scene saying, right, we're going to transform uh, financial services. We're going to transform IP of any kind, and we're going to go big on music. And I remember an entire series of conferences dedicated to blockchain and music, tokenization of music, et cetera, et cetera. And here we are six years later, probably not feeling on the surface like there's been any any significant change. What's your take on being a music protocol platform, not quite marketplace. How is that different to what we have today? I think we tested a lot of approaches.
1: I I always mention the first one I always mention is the Royale approach. Let's share the revenues. Yeah, great. I love it. Go to the SEC one day and get a license because that's a security token. So coming from regulation, that's the first one I killed. It's not gonna happen, or at least it's not gonna happen in the short term, because I cannot. I'm not gonna find any any crack in exchange. I'm not gonna find any 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 place where I can list token or list these NFTs, uh, and 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 maybe not even a jurisdiction which is gonna allow me to to operate uh, in full compliance. And That's the biggest problem, because I mean we we integrated all the fiat payments. We try to hide behind the scene with free technology as much as possible, because that's, I think, is the next step that we're going to see a sort of Web 2.5. Like we're not really ready for three point zero. We're gonna need a middle ground where the technology underneath is blockchain, you have the payments, you have the NFTs, but you need to wide it out because lots of people are still struggling with the MetaMask, they're struggling to move funds around, to figure out how to crack all this different environment and different action that you have to do is, is a big barrier to entry. So That was the first approach and we said it's not going to go anywhere it's going to take a lot of time before security token actually going to come into the picture then we have seen uh, the limited edition the collection maybe the kings of leon but that one for me was a hell of a bull market sort of stunt because out of the blue i mean i don't know really i mean is it going to have value in the future I don't know. Maybe yes. Maybe no. But it's a real bet. But it's it not even a transformation into the product itself. It's not a transformation into the music industry. It's basically digital merchandise. But that's where we actually. Uh, st- and I think we started pretty much there, but then we evolved uh, into the marketing angle. So the first iteration of public pressure was. Uh, uh, we can invert uh, the value chain for the artist so today the artist is sitting at the beginning create the product but then it load the file in an aggregator which goes into spotify which is advertising to facebook which i mean the more you go down the road and you ask an artist do you know your fans the answer will be no yeah maybe if i do it live but i mean you, you don't really own the sort of community. And that's how we saw the first iteration. First iteration would be using NFTs uh, as a sort of community creation, exclusivity, experiences, uh, and that's how we 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 moved on. I think last year. Then the bear market came around, and then obviously this format of, of NFTs, it was a lot about the brands the collaboration, the way that you can create extra value. So that's what we, we explored a lot until the real bear market came around. When the real bear market came around. I was like sitting down and saying, are we going to sell? I mean, I talk to the community on, on a daily basis, and you realize that most of the people out there are wrecked. Like the bags have gone down to zero. So how can you how can you expect? And that's what I've seen most of marketplaces, most of people haven't moved the strategy. Say, how can you go back to them and ask them to buy, I don't know, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, another hundred dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars when they lost eighty percent of the value of the crypto and they're still waiting and hoping that the market is gonna go up. So I say it's not a value proposition. I can't I can go in that direction. And that's how somehow we 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 started with the music NFTs. If you look at the platform today, we are issue in audio and NFTs, which are unlimited in a certain way, because the number in the smart contract is over a million. The drop is going to last for three years. It was an angle to say, we don't really care about pumping a limited edition on the maximum price. We haven't done options since the beginning. It was all about start recognizing the communities. So the first evolution was, you know what, let's reverse the way that we look at the industry. You you effectively have web-free communities which are building environment in the metaverse, which are building technology, which are aggregating, you no, know, uh, structuring the governance. Uh, and those guys are fully crypto, fully web-free. So how are they going to listen to the music? they Are going to listen in web-to-technology or do they want to have it in web-free technology? And that was if you want the first very simple thought, let's give them the product called music in a format that can be used in blockchain for doing other stuff.
0: I like that, and this this leads nicely onto the how or why will or won't Web three technology disrupt music? Because what what you said there raises a couple of interesting questions. I mean, first things first is that you've you very deliberately targeted a group of crypto native or Web three native fans and audiences that this is technology they're familiar with this is technology they understand it's it's something they're passionate about and and that overlaps with their passion for music so you've, you've got an interesting group there at the same time you know music is for everybody right you know there are millions of people that listen to their favorite artists from all different walks of life, age groups, genders, genres, parts of the world, you know people stumble across music and it's 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 so central to everybody's life, so much of the time. Um If we limit ourselves to just targeting products at the at the web three d gen community, we risk missing out on the other you know billions and billions that are out there. And, you know, in some cases, if you look into crypto Twitter, or if you look into some of the NFT Twitter responses to some NFT drops, you see the toxicity and the rage that's coming through. You think, well, screw them. I don't want them as customers anyway. (laughs) That's that's really not a group of individuals that I want to be associated, or that's not the type of energy I want to bring into my community. Um, Looking at the kind of how far we've come, where do you think Web3Tech has, has been unsuccessful? In, in moving to some, some degree of wider adoption? And where do you see there is potential to expand out further? I think that when you look at tech,
1: there are always two angles, or at least the, the, maybe three. Like the first one is the technology itself. So from an engineering technology perspective, how far this new technology architecture is going to help me to create, to, to, to run a system which is more secure? which costs less, uh, which is more effective in in delivering the service. uh, And that's what I call the engineer angle. The second one uh, maybe is uh, the engagement uh, slash marketing angle. So how implementing new system and new technology is going to help people interact between themselves in a better way or in a different way. And then the third one, which is the one I most like, uh, is the economic angle. So how this new tech, uh, it's going to help me create an incentivization and an economic system, which is better than the traditional one. So, And that one somehow link link very well to to my response before. I agree with you. We want to reach globally every human being. uh, But I think when you are in a process of, don't know, really innovating, uh, you wanna number one survive, which means that you need to iterate very quickly on very specific value proposition, which are gonna prove uh, that the statement and the hypothesis is correct, and then maybe you move along on 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 a different iteration until you grow the consumer base and you grow your 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 approach and relationship with different case studies. On the other side, you might have, anyway, the industry growing up because we're going to see another upcycle. Maybe people in crypto are going to multiply by 10, by 100. So obviously, you have a network effect coming in there. And in the meantime, most of the effort should be really on the economics because that's the problem that we have in Web2, like the Spotify economy. It's really bad. I mean, it's flat. I mean, can grow. Because if you say tomorrow I'm going to double my membership, uh, I would argue how many people I'm not, I'm not going to just kill it. Then I always say, going back to the ecosystem uh, dynamic strategy, if something is going to happen, Apple is going to take over. Because I would guess uh, that for a company like Apple, the cost of Apple Music, which I'm still convinced is still a cost. Because I think Spotify just turned uh, close to break-even, but the last time I looked at it, it was still it was still in, in, in sort of, uh, not on profits, in losses, uh, losses a year, because they have the iPods. So you can consider that, I mean, the millions and millions of dollars of such a good business called iPods, which I think is one of the biggest businesses in the world. Uh, I mean, can absorb the cost of having a platform with special audio, which is going to allow for the best experience of the product, but Spotify doesn't have that. So if you change the pricing, I'm assuming you're going to have a migration. But more than everything, how, how difficult it is for those platforms to provide extra services, extra products. And and that's all about economics. So I think the the real way that Web3 can... can can get into adoption, it's really designing economics and transactional system which are providing more money for the artist, less less expenses for the user and sort of better payment gateway because at the end of the day if you go down deeper in the tech you can create a sort of royalty bearing system for the music industry which is fully automated with all the parties sitting in blockchain and just uh, just moving cash in, in, in a in an easy easy network environment.
0: Lots to unpack in that. And I'm, and I'm delighted you broke it down in those different ways because I think the economic one's super interesting. And what, what you're saying to some extent is that we're going to create a direct-to-consumer style business. We're going to have the artist issuing content and then obviously having a direct relationship or a more direct or less intermediated relationship with the fans. And what we might then be able to do is start creating sub economies or sub communities where additional content creators come into our ecosystem, they're creating value, they're creating products, the same fans can engage with those things. And it's not just the artists constantly creating value. It's actually an ecosystem of, of parties around that particular artist, which I think gets exciting. And, and also, I guess, from a tech perspective, that's not just NFTs all the time, right? This was also expanding into other digital formats, other digital environments, physical environments where, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe your membership represents a ticket. Maybe your membership gives you access to airdrops. Maybe your membership gets you, I don't want to say shares, because as soon as you get to shares, you then get into securities again, and that can become challenging. But your participation, your XP, your whitelisting, et cetera, your ability to get to the top of the list or to get closest to the art as much as possible. I think that becomes more interesting, but we haven't seen that necessarily at scale yet.
1: No, not much. And then I think that, I mean, the key word, uh, which I'm working on today's participation, like never happened that you walk in a bank uh, and you say, I'm in crypto. No, Most of the people are <laughs> going to look at you and they're going to tell you, oh my <laughs> God. And I say, I will never touch crypto. And I say, why wouldn't you touch crypto? Because it doesn't have any underlying. Uh Ah, wow. Luckily, in most of the time, because I mean, most of the underlying I've seen recently, I mean, there were zero and and you still have shares trading like crazy. But apart from this comment, there is for another conversation. And I say, yes, they have an underlying. And I say, what's the underlying? Is the economics of the protocol and the participation rate of the user of the protocol. So you have a completely different underlying. If you go on security and shares, and that what were, were really got me excited when I understood tokens, that that, that was the process I've done through, even through my, my regulatory approach, debating on this word utility, but do we have real utility or not? And that's my translation on utility token. There is an underlying economy, a token which is the vehicle to basically enable the participation of, uh, of the users. So it's not a currency because it doesn't pay for that. that that's why for me, it's a complete new assets. Because if I would go and, and, and buy something with that, yes, is a, a currency, but with this one, I participate. So staking, I mean, there are lots of activity that you governance uh, unlock, that's the real deal. And I think that's what we haven't seen. We are still in a, in a, in a time in the market where tokens are speculative. So most of people buy the token and most of people don't use the token. They don't use it to participate to the games. They don't use it to participate to the protocol. They struggle to use it to, to vote and govern on the protocol. We all talk a lot about web 3 but we buy dot, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, and we just want to see the bag go up and then cash it out. And that's what I think has to change. We need to get to a time that we really can close the utility case study. And if that is going to happen, it's going to be game changer.
0: Hundred percent. There's some really interesting, or some contrasting dynamics in in cryptocurrencies. If you think of those as, um, okay, if you think of Bitcoin as a as a commodity equivalent or store value equivalent to gold equivalent, you're just hoping that that goes up and down over time. You're investing in that. If you look at many of the layer one protocol based cryptocurrencies, okay, you require those for the economic security underlying the technology. But if you're an investor, you're looking at those as high growth tech stocks. And so you're you're buying into that again with the expectation that the value on that particular economy goes up or the value on that particular platform, the value of that software goes up and therefore your stock equivalent goes up. So that's that thing um, with with NFT collections or with brand specific plays. You don't want lots of people flipping all the time. You want to retain your community. You want to engage your community. The last thing you want is people coming in to speculate and flip when something goes up because that's not really a community, right? If that's the behavior that's being generated or if that's the messaging that you're sending out as a product or a brand, you're, you're doing the opposite, right? What you want is you want people to hold, I guess forever, right? And then you know, as part of that membership or your access to being part of the community or as engaging with the artist, you're then finding other ways to monetize that relationship or finding other ways to create economy around that relationship. Not because people are flipping at MP3s to each other, because there's no, there's no market for that. I absolutely
1: agree. I mean, that could be an example of, uh, on my Monsama, I don't think I would never sell it. No. And, 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 and that's the you, right? Like, like you sit down and you look at the floor, floor price going up or down, but then at the end of the day, you say, I would never sell it. because That's, that's my passport to the participation of, to a community. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that I'm going to capitalize on the money because I'm going to lose on on the participation, the experience, the connection, the community, the relationship, whatever you build. So but this is like a very interesting example because that's where we are trying to go. We are trying to understand how to use... Uh, Different collection of NFTs, different design of NFTs, because that doesn't mean that you know you cannot reward within the community with other NFTs, which actually are gonna provide you with the economic value for 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 improving your your financial situation. So we have to distinguish, we have to architect a very complex economic system, and that's I think what we are trying to do. So. Last cycle, we were not even close to design something that that worked that way. It's the first iteration. That's what I always tell everyone. We are at the beginning of a market. We haven't started yet. What you see today is not even the beginning of what can be be designed and implemented.
0: I I say this oftentimes, and it's that most of the blockchain or Web3 projects that failed didn't fail because the technology wasn't stable or wasn't effective. It's that the commercial model Behind what they were trying to achieve was either not well conceived or wasn't sustainable, and and people often assume that okay, well we'll just drop NFTs, we'll make a bunch of money and figure out the rest next for the second drop. It's actually if you haven't thought through what is the long term economic cycles or the, the 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 flywheel effect of the community you're creating and where does that value come from, particularly in gaming, uh, which I've been spending a lot of time with lately. If you if you haven't thought that throughout you know many iterations or many years ahead. Just doing the first thing and seeing it fail, and then suddenly realizing, "Oh, it failed. We'll, we'll stop doing that now." That's no way to build a, a community or you know B 2 B to C centric way of creating something. And so I, I think that's an important learning for everybody. Is if the commercial model doesn't work, technically technically feasible is fine. Consumer desirable, we can do, but commercially viable, I think, is the one leg of the triangle for every innovation that has received the least attention because all of our engineers have been focusing on technically viable so far. I also wanted to touch on, we've seen a few attempts to break the monopoly of the Google, Apple, Spotify. Uh, Jay-Z, Madonna have both launched their own music platforms to modest degrees of success, right? They were basically sort of trying to say, we will create a more equitable platform for artists that will come with, you know, our, our brands as artists for us, by us type of plays. And they never really scaled or even took a dent. In, I mean, I'm not sure if I could name by brand the two different platforms that, that Jay-Z and Madonna launched and, and now where are they? Is there something we can learn from that? You know, is is, is this going to be the same or do you genuinely believe it's going to be different? No, I generally believe that it can be different. But then
1: again, it goes back to the economic model. We need to crack the economic model. Because, I mean, I love uh, visionary, emotional pitches. I think I tend to, to, to fall in love all the time for these sort of phrases, statements. But they don't really make the difference. They might get people on board, but they don't change anything. Because, I mean, the Spotify and the Apple music... It's a very sticky business. I mean, I pay $10 and I have uh, access to all the music library in the world. I mean, how are you gonna get people to move out of the comfort zone? Like, why do I have to switch? I need to really have value creation in a different environment to, to be able to switch. That's why you need to design your economic environment, but you also have to design your adoption strategy. So where am I gonna start? Am I going to start from the people that buy music on Bandcamp? Maybe. Am I going to start from the people that buy music on, on, on Beatport? Maybe. Because those people already do something different from from the, from the Spotify guys. So for me, streaming has always been, if you want, the last uh, attempt. I always said, uh, I'm going to sit on the side. I don't want to take it over. The only thing I know that economically, in a Business in a streaming business model, the 20% of the artists they make more money than back in the days uh, when they were selling CDs. But the 80% of the artists are making nothing. So that's the first thing that we need to fix. So if you can put money into the pockets of people, people are gonna be happy. The few case studies which we have done, I mean, they've been shown on Twitter. I don't know if you followed us, but I mean. Everyone came up with the same statement. I mean, for making the same money I've done in the last week, and I mean, we're not talking about a limited edition and you know, like 1000 NFT, $400. We're talking about $3, which is no different from Bankcamp. Within a week, within three hours, within three weeks, everyone has been earning more than on
0: streaming. And streaming now is a commodity. I think that's the summary of what you're trying to tell us here: is that getting breadth and variety of content out for the lowest price point is a way of getting artists' music heard. Right? It's a, it's a distribution channel that's important for artists. But if they're going to try and take a bigger piece of the the pie, they need to take more control and more and create more value. So it's not going to be the the commodity MP3 or music that that everybody gets everywhere all of the time. Right? You're, you're, you, know, you can't be selling flour, you have to be selling bread or you have to be selling artisanal bread or you have to be selling artisanal bread in a, in a wonderful metaverse factory in which you can also sit down and have a coffee with the artist. Exactly. I don't know what type of analogy I'm creating here, but essentially the value chain that is, that is associated with that artist has to level up, has to be more than just that commodity product.
1: I agree. I absolutely agree. But that's the process where if you want a specific uh, consumer base, like where free people makes a lot of sense because you sit in the industry, you say, I'm not taking over now distribution. I'm not fighting for distribution. I have an alternative market that is craving for distribution. So let's start from there. Step one. Then step two. In terms of economics, does this new market provide I mean, better return for both sides? If the answer is yes, uh, then maybe you can start uh, increasing a little bit the adoption. And that's I think, is the cornerstone uh, on on the initial iteration that, that we're having in the music industry. Then we're going to get to the streaming because, I mean, I have it there. I'm drawing on my windows on, on, on a daily basis on how to crack down a better economic modern streaming. I think I'm almost there. So I'm going to take a shot, at some point I'm going to take a shot at it and let's see where, where it's going to go because it's good for the industry as well. If we manage to find a way to break it, it's good for the old blockchain industry. We need big adoption cases. I don't think that we, I mean, the biggest case studies I think that were the centralized finance, I would assume, and everything collapsed in, in a nightmare in, in the last end of the bull market. With the crash of Luna, lots of platform crash, the sort of financial domino going down and ripping people out of money, so that's how that's how the reputation of the industry becomes very difficult, very difficult to manage I don't know maybe you you know better than me, but I don't think we have a better like mass adoption uh, case study in blockchain than the centralized finance in the last few years
0: I mean you can decompartmentalize it and say actually the unidentified digital wallet is an is an interesting concept right because digital wallets prior to web three were all um directly linked to a single intermediary right so this, you know i have my starbucks wallet i have my um british airways wallet i have whichever whichever wallet i have which creates information and credentials the concept of metamask or rainbow or take your pick of which wallet the number of undoxed wallets in which credentials or assets or tokens can be held has proliferated, right? We have 100 million plus of those in the world. That's that. That is but a digital capability. It is but an interface between platforms and applications. But I would argue that at scale, that's potentially something that's worth considering. I haven't said that out on, on a show before. I've been kind of noodling that one on the windows when you know when they're steamed up as well, trying to think through what else have we achieved. I think also when it comes to DeFi, we should be compassionate as to what that actually means. It doesn't mean that you know, the entire system was a failure. It's that actually the system was not able to sustain the capital flows and the attacks on the system that that were perfectly perfectly legitimate to some extent yes there were human actors and greed to some extent as well but that system can continue to perpetuate providing there is capital and there is value and there is utility coming into it in the same way as any global currency right the us dollar people stopped showing interest in the us economy or stopped showing interest in trading the us dollar and there was less demand and so on that would naturally decline in the same way as I don't know the Zimbabwe dollar or whatever else. So it's about ecosystems, like you said.
1: No, I absolutely agree. You know, when I think about adoption, I mean, I'm a super fan of decentralized finance. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about any any adoption case, but I'm thinking, what is what is the adoption case that went into traditional industry? So obviously, for me, decentralized finance started touches what we call the financial sector. Like maybe NFTs now are the second biggest. Uh, adoption case study because they started touching art now they touch music uh, they're touching other different industry but that's what i think we need we need a proper adoption uh, integration case in traditional industry with participation of web to companies uh, and then let's see if, if the next cycle we're going to be able to to get it done and that is going to be the game changer for the industry i think
0: i think so and and i like that you or it's convenient for me that you said the term nfts there because actually what you then did is you subbed into a number of different domains or categories where the tokenization of digital assets or rewards or incentives and so on can can change the economics or can change the engagement model which i think that narrative change is important to us as well because i think you know classing everything as nfts in the same way as classing everything as blockchain can lead to some confusion right i think the idea of tokenization of gaming assets can be a major use case in and of itself and and that is completely separate to pfps and static art in the same way as music is is completely different to gaming etc but what we are starting to see is some crossovers and you have already mentioned Moonsama once on the show today so i want to dig into that one as well because i think the value of what's coming next if we talk about going up the value chain or creating greater proximity between the artists and the fans, the ability to do that digitally becomes critically important. In the same way as social media allows us to increase our reach to fans of our businesses all over the world or fans of us or our content all over the world, the same is going to be true for artists and music and content creators in general. So public pressure is not just sticking only in music. You guys have done collaborations with Moonsama, the the kind of best known gaming chain or the most exciting and upcoming gaming chain on the polka dot on the polka dot ecosystem. Talk to me about how did that come about. What's your interest in, in Moonsama in seeing the opportunity around NFTs, gaming, metaverse, all kind of weaving together? The first
1: statement is uh, we got two industries which I think work very well with music one is fashion. And that one maybe we cover it with the, with Francesca and Julia, but the other one is gaming. Because I mean, every every game has music, has songs, has, has experience and relationship with 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 the music industry. So it was making a lot of sense. Then I I met Donia. I'm not gonna get in in the details on 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 all the past, but when we started, I don't know chatting, designing. Uh, in some other world, utility was always there. So that's how I think we got to know each other by exchanging ideas on how music NFTs and gaming, what can be the relationship, what can we design. And I think the first example that we pulled together as a partnership, it was the POTS collection. And the pot collection is exactly what we mean by cross-project utility. Because public pressure designed very simple collection. We said, listen, we have a game. How do you how do an avatar or an NFT, how do a moon Summer or an Exosam is gonna listen to music in, in the metaverse? No, we need we need to give them pods. Right, so that's how it came the name of the pods. We, we give them headphones. So that's how the collection the collection has got headphones. We unreleased tracks from music artists, So we started creating the link between the right genre because Mark and Kremont I think they're really they're really good for, for the sort of gaming environment. The music were, was unreleased. We we license it, we actually purchased the music because we wanted to make sure that on this cross project there wouldn't have not been any any license or, or regulatory friction. And then the idea was okay now how do we keep the metaverse and 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 the execution happening in uh, in uh, in Carnage in Minecraft. I don't know. Do you play, Anthony?
0: Oh yes, yes I do. I don't play well. I would definitely not call myself a competent Minecraft. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I mine pretty well. I'm I'm pretty good. I know my levels. I'm pretty good with my chests. I'm pretty good with my uh, with my bed game in case I get 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 Shrek'd somewhere out in the in the overworld. But uh, PVP is not my domain. No, me too. I'm not great, but I'm having fun. Do you have pods? I don't have pods, but I need to. Um, I'm one of those people that I need full concentration, but then after the first drops and seeing the buffs and this, this is important, we're going to talk in jargon here a little bit. So for the, for the listeners who haven't followed along, who don't play Moonsama Carnage, which is a multiplayer metaverse based craft to earn or craft to get rewards model where you you fight you get you get materials and you can use those materials to craft other nfts that are equippable onto your avatars and so um that that happens every sunday there's a practice game on saturday and then sunday everybody gets together for at least an hour and out we go into the minecraft environment beat each other up and whoever gets the most resources you know gets the most rewards at the end of it once i started seeing people wearing pods getting the buffs the basically the level ups in terms of mining and performance i was like hang on a minute I I, I, I missed the memo on that one. And, and immediately you then see the utility, right? You've got a crossover with another project separate to, to the, to the gaming project that offers an incentive to gamers, both in terms of the content, you know, the music, the, the IP ownership, there's a, there's a music benefit there. There's also a benefit to the gamer in the gaming environment, because when you equip this particular item, you get a buff, you get an enhancement to your character when you're mining or battling or whatever else it might be and suddenly you then realize these these nft crossovers these equippable saleable nft crossovers start taking on value not just because there's music in your ears but as a gamer if you want to level up there's some degree of play to win pay to win sorry um, meta in that story too so um yeah it's on it's on my shopping list and that's actually pretty good
1: because that's already
0: a different economics
1: right because number one the nft takes more value so by consequence the music takes more value because you don't buy a game with the music but you buy the music and you 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 bridge it into a game so those free songs are now they're listened by a certain number of people which are playing carnage over the weekend maybe before it was impossible and then you I mean, the other statement is you walk in a metaverse, that for me has always been very silent. Most of the time you walk in a metaverse, there's nothing going on. And I, I always say that, but the first time I keep the pods, it was really cool. It was very exciting about the car. And I just said, where's my pods? So, so you type off hands, you Google how you're going to do it because I'm not good at Minecraft. And suddenly you look up, you click, and you hear the song. You see the, the, the perp- and in your headphone, you are mining now, or you are fighting against someone with your favorite song. And that's a game changer. That's a I'm- consumption game changer. It's a value, it's a value chain game changer. Because you could say very simply that today, what happens? Today you have Sony and, and PlayStation talking to each other and say what well, music we're gonna chuck in, I don't know, whatever is the next day and that we're gonna release. And maybe they go back, they have a chat as industry gatekeeper, they pick one artist, they pick the other one, there's going to be a sort of a gated meeting where they decide how much it's going to cost, and that's it. And I'm going to be forced to listen to the music that they choose for me. Why, in a free environment, maybe I'm going to walk in the game with my music, and everyone is going to have different experiences. And the number of music I have, maybe is going to lock me different different. Uh, different levels and 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 you have a different uh, different economic system to work on
0: or imagine other gaming effects right is that actually it creates fog of war so if you know the, obviously you're you're thinking about the music going inwards right it's going into your it's going to, into your ears and you're consuming that music just for yourself but if you imagine having those pods actually creates some sort of sound damping effect or radar for teams around you or fog of war for enemies and so on and so forth the ability to use audible effects to, to create gaming effects and and would people pay for those? Would that liven up a game? Would that create you would change it, change the, the, the meta or, or change the mechanic? I mean, you've seen people flying around on moon brooms or, already. Like I was like, why didn't I get one of those? That looks like the best fun ever. Um, we're we're going to go too much into a, a Moonsama moon carnage um, subdomain of inter- in, internal language that people won't understand. So I'm going to I'm going to pause on that for a second. But I think the interesting conclusion here is that if you're thinking about web three and you're you're thinking about the value of nfts and music and content and engagement with artists or other projects you've got to think of it more than just it being a static thing that you buy and you hold it's how do we find ways for music or art or items or digital assets to take on life in different environments where our customers or where our fans are because i think that's that's going to create utility it's not overly complicated to program it's not overly complicated to conceive. Obviously in a gaming environment, you don't want that to become so overpowered that people who've paid, you know, however many dollars for that particular item ruin the game for everybody else, right? You don't want that to be the case, but you do want to create FOMO that people would like, oh, well, if I had pods, maybe, I, maybe I'd mine faster. Maybe I'd battle better. Maybe I'd get to the top of the leaderboard. I'd have a better experience, et cetera, et cetera, right? But then you see how the, the the society
1: value chain, the relationship value chain, is completely redesigned, and that's what makes me very excited. Like we are used to walk into environments, either product store, or either houses, or either hotel, whatever, which are designed from us. That's for me is the, the the simpler translation of the consumer economy that we lived in 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 the last few decades. So you have someone like Steve Jobs, you have someone up there that that is going to decide the best way that we're going to consume stuff. And in crypto, we're trying to do the opposite. We are trying to, and that's the first step, bring music in web-free NFT format with the licenses that could be needed for then having a community to iterate on extra value creation because they are free to build New stuff on top of it and new value on top of it. And actually that's what Munsam has done for the pods. Like I didn't know what was the feature. Nice. I didn't know. We said that we we're gonna do that. And then I discovered it on that carnage what I could have done with the pods, that it actually it was a, a connection that we, we designed together. And that was great because you need that freedom because it's not it's not something that you you signed down on the table. My NFTs, the public pressure NFTs should have been. Handling the value and have sense by themselves, and then you need another project which is going to decide. Actually, I like that, and I can use it this way. And maybe I'm going to create extra value to 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 that NFT because I'll give it utility. That was somehow the case study, and I think it is proven to be to be amazing. And that's I think is the process of the metaverse as well. Now you've got a lot of brands which are building the metaverse. Do you want to come to my world on the central, and you want to come to my world on Sandbox? And I always say no. Come to mine and I say, what is yours? Actually, it's not mine. Actually, I have a bunch of people. I don't know if you if you saw that. I have a bunch of people that at some point in the season server no, started to design the PP city. It started as a PP village. no. I mean, I would sure say, wow, I mean, that this is an occasion to say thank you again on, on a different platform. I love all those guys. I think today there are more than 30 people. But it started as a very organic exercise. Like One of my team, he was in the season server preparing for Carnage. He wanted to to be better. He met another guy. They had a chat. Why don't we build something? He was building a house. And then look what we got now. We got, I don't know, a complete city with big pods, with the logo. We are hosting podcasts. Now we're thinking about having an efficient city, thinking about... I don't know, a stadium because we're talking to football club for the project that we're doing and we're driving all our clients and to say, listen, we, we bring them there. And and you see where's my analogy of uh, this is a new way the people are aggregating, they're creating the governance, they're deciding the value, And we're going to need to enter the world. It's not going to be that they're going to come to us. That's what I always try to say to to fashion brands or to any other brands I deal with. That's I think, is the process that we're going to see Web3 coming together. We serve them something, they are going to use it for doing something else.
0: Love that. And and the ability for those guys to create value or to create environments or to monetize their skill, their ability as builders, their ability as artists, etc., to build on top or to grow as part of your community or to host events in your metaverse or for you to be able to rent out spaces that are built by others or to, et cetera, et cetera. There's there's a lot of potential there. I'm I'm conscious we've got a few minutes left and we have got a bunch of questions in from the community. So I'm going to try and go through a couple of them briefly if we can. Suffice it to say, looking forward to the next collaboration with Moonsama and Public Pressure. I'm going to paraphrase the question here from Jack. Jack, thanks for the question. Could you see the benefit of soul bound NFTs in parallel with content NFTs. So the the user can't trade or those particular NFTs are always linked to one individual or one particular wallet to, to then come back to the point that you made around, you know, you trying to create a community that is individuals that don't flip or that reduces the risk of speculative investors just messing around with tokens, actually removing or reducing the quality of the engagement. I, I'm not a big
1: fan of locking and gatekeeping. So in principle, it's the last option that I look for. Like some is not sold bound and I will never sell it. So the first way that you look for this non-trading activity should be the value creation on that product, that NFT, the access that is going to give you, the value that has for you. Because otherwise, if you have to achieve it by, by going so bound, uh, I don't think it's well designed. That at least is always my approach. Technically, solbound is difficult because a of wallets are compromised. So you might get into very practical problem. Like lots of people are going to knock on your door, listen, the wallet is compromised, the wallet is compromised, and that's where the Saltbound is, is going to sit. So maybe you want to put in an omnibus wallet, which is run by the community in the project. But again, it's not really philosophy because you don't own it anymore and someone else is going to own it. But I'm sure that we're going to find, I still haven't cracked the soul bound proper utility. I'm sure that there is utility, maybe for very simple action, like, I don't know, maybe tickets and rewards can be sold-bound. So you say, I stake my token, I do something. You receive a, a ticket for an event. Uh, that one is so bound because you don't want it to trade uh, at double the price that you receive a reward because otherwise you create a usual, if you want smoked economy, that doesn't make any sense. It's about, I want that reward and I consume that reward. That would be my my approach to it. But we see what is going to be the best case study on sold bound.
0: I like that you started saying, you know, we don't want to lock things down. You know, Your example was great. If you have... A token that has great utility to you as a user or if you continue to have have interest in it you won't sell it because there is value in it to you as as that being the gateway or the the ticket or the entrance to whatever you create question from paul here is do you think sample attribution or royalty distribution has a web3 use case so specifically when we talked a little bit around the allocation of, of royalties the sort of settlement reconciliation between multiple parties that sits in the background is that is that something you see having value for royalty distribution in future?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yes, but I don't think it's the starting point. Like I'm always very reluctant to see a technology being applied by replacing the existing architecture which on which like royalty payments, everything is based. You need Again, to start with the economic angle, with the adoption angle. And when that works, that's where naturally you build the most of the value. But you need to make sure that first you have a transition and you make sure that the case makes sense. Because then if you don't have NFTs, if you've got all the music in blockchain, but you have no NFTs, no different economic value, then I always say it's a technology play. You can say that the financial market can be working on blockchain, fantastic. But it's a technology play i change the technology i'm not centralized i'm decentralized but i'm not web free i'm not crypto i don't have a new Mm -hmm. ecosystem i just have a different architecture technology running my system and nice that's not i don't think it's good enough for us
0: i'm going to give you one last question and then we'll sign out this one i think this is an interesting question in following on from what we talked about in terms of the commoditization of the distribution channel for streaming Do you think that Web3 artists' content might become commoditized as more artists come into Web3? So the more participants you come in, maybe you get more noise. I don't know necessarily where that becomes more commoditized, but I'm interested in your take on this one. What you're trying to see is that those artists are creating their own experiences, channels, ways to engage with fans, and as a result, create their own economies. So, So those are unique in their own way. Maybe you'll get some copycats or some Me Too's on the proposition. Yeah, I'm but does that mean commoditized?
1: I don't think it does. I think that is sort of, uh, we're thinking that the new economic mechanics is going to create, uh, it's gonna create a, a problem that really we shouldn't worry about at the beginning. At the beginning, I mean, the value of assets uh, and new products uh, is always very high at the beginning because you don't have the much adoption that in the future always goes down. That works for stock prices, that works for new assets, that's generally the rule. But if the underlying economic system and rules are actually effectively creating value, they are going to automatically balance out. So, I mean, if you have a good economic system underlying the industry, I think it's going to adjust naturally. If you don't, then you can have commoditization. You can have a lot of other behaviors which are going to anyway be, be toxic for, for, for the innovation.
0: Yeah. or or if it doesn't become a commoditized at least it goes to zero or the val- the value of or the the equation of the amount of investment in that particular product or proposition in web3 is not sustainable to maintain and therefore it gets dropped or it falls away because they didn't get the recipe right which also is perfectly fine it's not, I don't think that's commoditization then it's more just a case of we didn't get the value equation right
1: that's very important on the, is like in policies. The last comment no? when you look at policy from country, that's what I looked in my in my time in institution. Like the philosophy and the strategy is always very important. Then you can make a policy that works and another one that doesn't, but you can always replace one with the other one and, and incentivize the economic system. But if the principle is uh, I want to tax to make money, I mean you're gonna keep on taxing. Then you look at Switzerland, they're going to tell you, we don't want to tax on capital gain, we're going to tax on other stuff. And you see that the certain country, they completely have a different approach and some of them are very successful. Some of them keep on living the same problems, but because the underlying economic principle and incentivization logic just doesn't work. That's at least is my simple way to look at it. So you need to find that one first and then you can make all the small rules and adjust them.
0: Love that, Sergio. You guys in the in the community, you guys listening in, you came here for Web3 and NFTs and you left with a masterclass on economics. So thank you to Sergio for that. Before we close the show, Sergio, what's coming up for you? What can guys get excited about with Public Pressure and how can they find out more about the project?
1: But you can find us in every social media. I think that the tag is Join the Pressure which is uh, the short uh, is JTP, which is going to be our token. This year, the big news is that we're going to definitely release the token waiting for regulatory process, no action letter, because we want to really see the first uh, iteration of this new music economy to come together, and that one is going to be a big step for
0: us. That's huge. That's huge. Is is that going to be the first no action music-based Web3 token? I don't know. I mean,
1: I, I think so.
0: I haven't got another example to say, so that's super exciting. Ah, because
1: not most of them, they have to go through a regulatory approval. Like most of the projects, I don't think they care. They just sit in the <laughs> Seychelles or in some like, island somewhere where you don't need it and, and they just go for it and think there is utility. We, we prefer to make sure because we want to talk with institutions, labels, big fashion brands We we feel it's fair that we're going to do all the underlying work to make sure that nothing is going to create corporate problems, administrative problems, super
0: important. Very good. Very good. Well, good luck with that, Sergio. Thank you so much for taking the time to bless the show and to give us some of your wit and wisdom along the way. If you want to check out Public Pressure, as Sergio said, all the all the socials join the pressure. Sergio Motala, thank you so much for being on the show today and have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you, Anthony, for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast. As always, opinions in this episode are mine and those of my guests alone. If you want to find out more, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out some of the other episodes on the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast and check out the YouTube channel, also called Blockchain Won't Save the World. Stay safe out there.